What's going on, guys? It's Monday Madness here at the Culture Jack Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you had an incredible weekend. Hopefully it was filled full of uh, maybe something new. Or maybe you caught up on WandaVision. Or maybe you were playing checkers with the kids. Regardless, Monday Madness is here. And today we have a little bit of news. We're also going to be diving into a couple of social icons. And I wanted to talk about this um, because we've got some guys in the entertainment business or have the celebrity um, that has obviously fallen off, but there's some that have rose to the occasion and have created the celebrity out of uh, different markets and different genres. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that. I thought it was kind of an interesting thing. So let's dive into the podcast. All right. So as I said, I hope you had an incredible week and Uh, For me, I ended up working quite late on Friday, and then I dove into fixing this uh, old vehicle I have. And by old, I mean mid-90s. It's a gem. She's a Ford Aerostar van, if you're interested. Um, Anyways, so I worked on that because I had an oil leak. And it's so funny to me because 96 was the year the OBD2 port which is technology uh, got put into vehicles across the United States and, and more or less, I I believe, actually, I'm not too familiar outside of the U.S. I know Canada probably has it, but I don't know about other countries and, and what they did, if they did OBD2 or a variation of it. But the reason I bring that up is, uh, obviously, that's one of the things I did this weekend, but also the technology behind it is so crazy because so I have that and then I have this little pickup truck I've had for a long time um, which is an 86 so 86 96 and then of course I work on my own vehicles and I've worked on friends vehicles but um, the technology behind just the basics of OBD is essentially the computer system that can diagnose issues it tells uh, you whether or not, you know, your oil pressure's gone haywire, your charging system's gone bad, you have an emissions issue, you have a uh, spark issue, and it'll tell you in different ways, four-wheel drive issues, and, and it just goes on and on and on for, for the issues. But the older you go back, the less technology, the less accuracy, and more or less, <laughs> uh, the less help you get when you work on a vehicle. And it's just funny to me because if you look through some of the stuff that they did on vehicles in like the 80s uh, with all the emissions and then the two, uh, the 90s and then OBD2 comes into where you can essentially just hook a little OBD2 code reader, which are affordable now. They weren't years ago and diagnose or at least see what is is your computer is saying is a matter with your vehicle, which is incredible. And so... Obviously, I had to do that with the the van I have because it was leaking oil and uh, I needed to do some spark plugs. It's just been sitting and I need to sell this thing. It's it's I bought it to sell it and I had too many issues. And so now I fixed it Friday night, early uh, Saturday morning because I wanted to get it out of my garage. And uh, 
it was good. I felt good about it. I know this isn't like an automotive channel or, or anything of that sort, but I did want to recognize the technology change. And it's not just with the OBD um, ports or the electronics, the mechanical uh, differences between, you know, the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and really into the 2000s to current, they have evolved so much. It's just an incredible an incredible thing. In my case, the 96 van, it was kicking my ass. I had to, uh, again, fix an oil leak and, and do a tune-up to it. But um, another thing with that, and then I'll jump off the topic. Um, I just wanted to share part of my weekend is the additives and items that you can clean your engine now, clean your transmission, clean your fuel system. Um, they've gotten really advanced, and really it aids in maintaining your vehicle. And if you don't have an OBD2 port or uh, maybe you're you're not overly familiar with any of the automotive stuff, you can go and buy a decent OBD2 scanner for a couple hundred bucks and it works on pretty much any current vehicle and then it does have limited to to the older's. But the great part about it is uh like I've used my tool on several people's cars, my own cars, you can reset codes when you fix a problem and if you consider that and you do work on your own cars if you don't disregard everything i'm saying but if you do or you have a buddy that helps you with this having that code scanner alone can save you hundreds of dollars for just diag which is essentially when you go to a dealer or you go to your local midas or whatever your local mechanic and he has to try to configure what the problem is most of the time they're going to plug in that computer they're going to charge you, you know, could be 100 bucks, could be 150 bucks, could be 300 bucks for Diag because generally speaking, you're going to hook the computer in, you're going to get a uh, troubleshooted uh, troubleshooting a code that'll tell you, you know, P100, the O2 sensor, left front O2 sensor is essentially broke. And then they'll go and replace or recommend replacing the part, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But there's so much information out there now. So that's the car side on the um, technology and support side of this simple situation, it evolves into what you can find on the internet. And I just find that to be extremely fascinating. It's pretty cool. Um, I, I guess the caveat to me telling you this story is uh, specific things for especially cars in the 90s and in the 80s and in the 70s, um, other than popular muscle cars, you don't get a lot of support online because guys aren't making videos on you know, a 1997 Ford Taurus on how to fix the alternator or whatever. There are videos, don't get me wrong, but generally speaking, they're pretty limited. Anyways, super stoked to be getting that done. And again, as I was as I was working on it, I just took a step back and was like, because I work on my 2018 truck and, and, and all of that. And I'm like, there is such a significant improvement Um with diagnosing the issues and and ensuring that your vehicle is running properly it's pretty cool i i think that's kind of a cool thing to see and i mean shoot if if you've been driving for the last 10 years 15 years 20 years you know exactly what i'm talking about okay enough of that enough of that um outside of fixing working on that i did have a bunch of things going on here in the house um i'm trying to reconfigure on how I shoot the podcast. So if you've noticed, I did not shoot any videos for the podcast. I'm not going to for this this uh, section either. I've got some things I'm working on 
Um, and the office has been a mess because of it. So I'm trying to wrap this up um, because I got a certain way I want to shoot future podcast videos for our Facebook page. Talking about our Facebook page. Guys, if you're listening to us on the podcast, make sure and jump over to the Culture Jack Facebook page. We, of course, feature content uh, that's in our podcasts, uh, both Dustin and I. So we'll, we'll you know, pull out some relevant topics. We'll, we'll promote them. But we also throw other content um, between episodes on there as well. So you're going to want to make sure. Check it out. You guys can uh, like the page and you'll catch everything that we put on there, including all of the links to the Culture Jack podcast. All right, let's uh, let's get this thing moving here. All right, let me uh, I'm trying a different setup today for recording this, so hopefully this fares out well, which is a part of uh, part of the reason why I'm not doing video. So I've recently been again kind of configuring things um, here in the office and. One of those things is how I record the uh, podcast. So uh, that's that's what it is. All right, I'm trying to pull something up here. All right, while I'm while I'm waiting for this to pull up, I let's okay. I think I just found what I was looking for. Um, while while I'm pulling this up though, uh, did you guys catch the Friday show? Uh, Dustin dove into a whole bunch of different things on that show. Um, great episode. You'll, you'll want to catch it. Uh, a couple of things we're going to reference here in the news section of the podcast. So you'll have to bear with me. Uh, parts and pieces of, of his conversation. All right, here we go. Um, one of the first things I did want to talk about is Game of Thrones. So my last episode, I uh, talked about the HBO Max video releases for 2021. And some of the stuff that was, in my mind, missing uh, or a missed opportunity at this moment is, and Dustin did a good job highlighting the ability of growth or the uh, the his estimation for growth to where, you know, they could hit the 50 million marker and, and all of that, which is awesome because obviously with Wonder Woman, they did a, a giant leap in subscribers. But the thing is, they also have spinoffs to Game of Thrones. And so I looked up some statistics, and and I may be wrong when I say this, but I know that they were, on average, had 10 million viewers per episode, and then they hit highlight, you know, season finales, and then... Uh, uh, new season launches, they were hitting numbers like 17 million views out of the shoot, which is just absolutely incredible. Um, and everybody should know, as they were closing out the Game of Thrones series, there was several big conversations around spinoffs, you know, because, well, if that show is so damn successful and the story is absolutely incredible, the acting, the cinematography, everything played well together and created this anomaly in entertainment, which is is awesome. Um, why wouldn't you want to do a spinoff, right? So there's been several spinoffs uh, guessed 
And one of the ones is, I believe it's going to be called House of the Dragon. Uh, and then there was a couple of other. Oh, here we go. Let me let me look at this one. There was a couple of other Game of Thrones an event in 2019. Okay, so this one's the most current because I was just reading reading one and it uh, did not show it. So House of the Dragon, um, I believe, is in the works. There is also Tales of Dunkin' Egg and then an a, a animated series. And that was written three days ago. I think that was, I read variations of this article, which is available at Screen Rant. So three days ago, they announced that they're, are currently working on three different series for the game of game of thrones trilogy which is absolutely incredible not only is it incredible because if they put forth the writing and the effort that we saw in game of thrones the regular show we should be in for a very very um good set of shows to enhance what hbo and warner brothers have going with the movies and play well with with kind of its its uh, ecosystem there that it's got of its own shows, its own movies. I mean, I think it could be a huge year, especially if they can get. I, I I think the trick to this now because they've already announced the movies, and I guarantee people are being drawn in. Um, in fact, we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about uh, one of the new movies that they just released here shortly. But if they can get people coming in that channel and they start blasting two. Not even all three, but two epic trailers of Game of Thrones shows, even if they're in 2022. But if they start blasting those, um, you know, paying that that Facebook AdSense and paying that YouTube ads and start just putting it out there, I can guarantee um, the fan base from the Game of Thrones obviously has to bleed over to some of maybe the DC stuff that they have available on HBO Max, maybe some of the... Uh, Warner Brothers movies that are coming out, maybe some of the older content, and it could very easily uh, see another jump in its uh, subscriber count and then just viewing and and everything, Um, especially if they put it together uh, in true Game of Thrones uh, fashion. So I thought that was kind of cool, and and I bring it up just because uh, as we look at Marvel, you know, to where they're releasing movies. They've got their movie schedules out. They are finally putting their TV shows out uh, onto Disney+. Plus. So they, they've they got kind of the mechanism going on both, both sides of it. And the great thing about that for them is you're going to have some perpetual content. Now, granted, if the movies are released in theater, um, that doesn't mean that the story doesn't impact possibly a show. And I hope... Uh, we see that that's kind of how we see it in some of the future movies and TV shows to where you see the world's kind of evolving um, from TV show and it translates and it isn't just a parallel in the running in different directions. So I think that's cool. And I think that if Game of Thrones comes out HBO Max with the Warner Brothers videos um, and then whatever else they've got in it, it's going to have good quality TV shows. It's also going to have good movies. Super excited to see what the boys at HBO come up with. Whew, I know that was a lot of probably over explaining there. Let me uh, let me try to find this page I pulled up earlier. Maybe 
done. All right, I gotta grab my grab my phone. All right. So I thought I put this. I thought I put some of this on my computer here. So I'm sitting on my computer, and for some reason it didn't show up. That's okay. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about. So out of the shoot there, talking about the uh, technology and vehicles. My weekend. Uh, we just ran through HBO. What the possibilities of some Game of Thrones. The next thing on my crazy list of stuff today, and and today is going to be a little bit a little bit of everything. Let me find this article. I better still have it or else I'm going to be kind of upset because I read it earlier and then actually had it pulled up here and then uh-oh. There we go. All right, so techradar.com reports profiteers resold nearly 50,000 Nvidia RTX 30 series gpus on ebay and stock x they racked up 15.2 million dollars in profits from gamers pain um and, and then it kind of goes in and breaks breaks it down on on what each card was bringing and and everything else but i i find that to be so crazy uh they have a comment here uh from PC Mag, PC Mag points out a new 25% U.S. tariff went into effect on January 1st. That includes GPUs imported from China, so prices went up even more across the board. Um, so not only were these folks profiting from the scalp chips, but then you add in the tariff, and then the price obviously goes up. These chip, uh, the RTX series from Nvidia, and it's uh, several several manufacturers. Uh, is still not available uh, to just purchase. I have been on the uh, watch list for several websites trying to procure a uh, RTX 30, uh, 3080 is what I was looking at, um, or even a 3090 if I absolutely had to, but the problem is that that graphics card is so huge. Anyways, so this this is still a very scarce product. You can't go to the store and buy it. Um Obviously, right there demonstrates that every you know a lot of people have paid paid to get their hands on it. The tariff went in January first, and so the prices have already inflated. There still is plenty of scalping going on for those chips or for those graphics cards. It's just ridiculous. I don't know. I I, I think it's ridiculous. I wish that they could uh somehow limit and i don't know how and i'm not going to speculate or guess or or come up with my own i guess conclusion of how they should do it but i really wish there was a way for them to prevent scalpers um from diving into this stuff because like i said i've got outdated gpus it's been on my books for a long time and one way to uh keep my my desktop relevant with not only video games, but also with uh, video editing and everything else is to upgrade the GPU. And of course, you can't buy one thanks to all of these freaking scalpers. And, and even without the scalpers, I don't know if they were there, how many would be available or what have you. But hopefully here in the near future, we will see the RTX GPUs available. In fact, there's already speculation that they're coming out with a 3080 Ti and, and others. And uh, I think maybe even a three, 
I think they're going to come out with a TI series, which is essentially just a enhanced version of the original. Um, so in the meantime, I hope that we just get them on the shelf so we can purchase them. So uh, talking about NVIDIA, though, let me pull this back up. All right. So Dustin brought up ray tracing on Minecraft. Uh, ray, ray, uh, ray tracing has been a hot topic, especially with the RTX 30 series GPUs, which is what I was just talking about, 3070, 3080, 3090, which were announced and nobody could get except for those lucky bastards that got them. And, of course, the scalpers. Um, and the reason I say that ray tracing, uh, let's see. Here's just a description from NVIDIA. I highly recommend if you want to learn more about ray tracing, go to NVIDIA.com. They have a huge, uh, they, they've got a section of their website dedicated to explaining and showing what ray tracing really is um, and the impacts of it. And the hardware in this case, the RTX 3080 or 3070, 3080, 3090, and then whatever only a part it is what supports the software it's what allows the software it has enough horsepower to get you uh to get you going in the right direction because it does require a significant uh i, I want to say significant hardware but it depends on how your configuration is in this case you need to have essentially you need to have the latest and greatest gpus uh to get really good ray tracing and then you can screw around with it but know this in the pc world for those that aren't pc gamers that are just consolers or you play mobile or you play vr uh non-dedicated vr that you have far greater ability to enhance not just ray tracing but pretty much every almost anything that you would want from a uh video game uh, enhancement point for graphics. So you can go in and do your anti-aliasing your your DD, DXR or whatever, whatever it is. There, there's just an incredible amount of settings that you can go in there and you can adjust. In a console, you can't really do, you really can't do that. And then you're still limited to whatever your components are. So it's a different animal, um, but it's, it, you know, you, you definitely pay for it. Is it better? That's, an argument for a different day as far as graphics go yes the graphics are better on pc bar none you can't because you have the ability to go in and change and alter things because you have the ability to upgrade your hardware uh to far exceed a console or or what have you yes i mean it's it's just the nature of the beast um anyways back to back to what i was saying nvidia has an incredible um lineup of like different movies and different things explaining and showing ray tracing to include uh in game pictures and, and everything else but the crazy part about it is ray tracing just like many others is a, a essentially a software technology that just it, it enhances anything and everything that you're doing to a degree. There still, it still has to be developed. Let's read this uh, NVIDIA article here. Real time ray tracing is the biggest leap in computer graphics in years. 
bringing realistic lighting, shadows, and effects to games, enhancing image quality, gameplay, and immersion. At this year's Game Developers Conference, ray tracing was everywhere. Unreal and Unity announced and released engine integrations. Developers presented and attended ray tracing panels in droves. And studies demonstrated their latest ray tracing game builds while also sharing insights on how ray tracing can also assist you in game development. Powering all of these experiences and games were the GeForce RTX GPUs, which includes RT cores, dedicated hardware designed to deliver the performance needed to run high-fidelity real-time ray tracing experiences at high resolutions. An update on September 1st, we have now unveiled the GeForce RTX 30 series GPUs with second generation RT cores and a raft of other enhancements that can improve performance by up to two times. Learn more about the hardware and new RTX games here. Uh, since the release of our uh, GeForce RTX GPUs, we've continued to optimize and enhance ray tracing and have helped developers further improve the ray tracing performance in their games combine these efforts uh, with the accelerated ray tracing performance of all the rtx gamers uh let's see and then it just goes into drivers and everything else it is super cool though if if you want to learn more about this uh they, they even go into in this article and i'm not going to go into it, it they even go into uh DXR introduces new workloads on how to work and denoise and bouncing volume of the hierarchy setup, uh, image aim angles and light reflection. I mean, like it gets it gets crazy. Different techniques. I mean, you can if you really want to learn about this, it, it's pretty wild. The cool part is again, um, there's a clip here where you can watch games. Uh, you can check out Battlefield in its uh, official GeForce RTX real-time ray tracing demo. And it'll show you, I, I think, unless you're super interested in this um, and how they're doing the work, I would say just check out ray tracing, look at some of the videos, and they'll turn RTX, will turn it on and off, and then you'll, get, you'll just get the idea. I don't know that you need to know the science behind it, but it is freaking awesome. Um, and it's been out for a long time. Actually, months ago when they uh, released the information on the RTX, they had several videos. I was watching uh, what it was doing then. Um, and you could also, again, look up any of the RTX 3070, 3080, 3090, and then whatever variations. And they also have their own information about the ray tracing capabilities and what it can and cannot do. Check it out. It is the future of gaming. Any of these uh, technology changes... Um, like this, we're not talking um, the ray tracing and everything. We're not talking about like uh, Sony versus Xbox or vice versa. We're talking about an enhancement across all HD games. And it's when stuff like this happens, it's uh, evolu the, the evolution of where games will go in the future kind of adhere to this. And that's really what it's saying. So several other uh, software developers are now working with the ability to do this and understanding it, this technology, and then implementing. And obviously, you have to have the hardware to complement whatever level they want to push this to and whatever level some of the other stuff is going on in the game, too. Because obviously, if you're playing an indie game, 
probably not going to feature any of this stuff. But if you're playing the, you know, we'll just say the next Halo and it can run at 120 frames per second at 4K and all of these things, um, and you can get the more than likely the uh, PC version and you have a really good graphics card, and then you crank that thing up to where everything should be ultra realistic, butter smooth, reflections, ripples, shadows is is correct. Uh, the trajectories of things, stuff that you generally probably don't overly pay attention to in a game, other than it may stick out to you if you crank that bad boy up and you're you're observant enough and you're not just mowing people down or racing a car or what have you. So it is cool because it is a it is a evolution in gaming, um, big picture wise, and hopefully we'll see it lend itself to future games and and obviously. Um, it'll also at a point have impact on consoles and VR and everything else. I mean, VR, you can already do it, I believe. And it's our, well, actually, I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to further, further look into that. Let's keep going, going off topic here. I'm, I'm kind of scatterbraining, uh, some of my topics. Um, the next thing on my list, let me grab my phone again here. Mr. John Bernthal a.k.a. The Punisher, from Netflix, may be making a return to The uh, the Punisher. Essentially, let me find the article here, maybe. Um, essentially, the, the article states that it appears as though John Bernthal may be reprising his role, um, and this is coming from uh, giantfreakingrobot.com, and in this article, essentially, they're saying it may not have any part to do with his Netflix stories, uh, which we know wrapped with, what, season two? Um, it may not have anything to do with that. It may not even have anything to do with Daredevil. He may be a standalone kind of in his own world and then have John Bernthal reprise his role, which, hey, I'm okay with. I think it's a cool idea, um, but just keep the same keep the same vibe going. Punisher needs to be rated R. Uh, put it shelf it with or or put it with um Deadpool and then I would say do a couple other do a couple other ones you know I would have loved to have seen Logan or Wolverine in a rated R deal um and and there's just a huge list of comics but I or yeah comics that I'd like to see or, or comic characters I would love to see you know, roll into a rated R movie run and just have those and we've talked about this so many times over um to where yeah have them in the same world because it, it is the same world it, it is that is reality right i mean there's people whether you swear and you do goofy shit versus maybe you don't maybe um you don't believe in swearing or that wasn't how you were raised or whatever it is that constructed you not to want to swear um then so be it it's the same it's the same as like if you like first person shooters do you like racing games no but you still need to have racing games because there are people that like them. So please bring John Bernthal back. Let's do, even if it's an independent Punisher movie and you do some crazy shit with it or a TV show with it and you do some crazy stuff with it, let's let's run with that. I like it. I like the idea of it. And I think it, uh, I think it has, could have some traction if done appropriately. And the boys, nobody does it better than the guys at Marvel, um, at least so far. They, they do an incredible job there. So moving on, 
Uh, let's see. Hitman 3 is out. I have to download it. I haven't done it yet. I've been busy, as I as I explained there. Um, so I will be downloading Hitman 3. I do want to play it and uh, dive into that when I get time. I'm trying to get a bunch of projects done here at the house. Like I said earlier, I've got some office stuff I'm working. Got, got to fix the fix a couple of vehicles up here and uh hopefully i'll get some time in between things to play a couple of video games uh hitman 3's one dustin mentioned apex legend season eight coming out soon so i want to get onto some apex um that's that is such a fun in between game that's one of the things i like about apex in call of duty cold war um you don't have to it, it doesn't for me it doesn't require as much invested time as like when i get back into playing cyberpunk which i did like a last weekend i think i got on for like 20 minutes and it was like i i guess the the upfront investment of time is where it's like damn it man because i got to remember what i was doing i gotta look at my my uh contract log or whatever that's called uh or mission log and figure out you know where i am and what i'm doing or i just screw around but um apex is a great example though and like i said so is call of duty where you can just get in play for a little bit get out uh you know and off you go super fun super excited to see season eight coming soon uh recently watched a couple of a couple of things i wanted to talk about is wandavision dustin's done a uh, great job with kind of uh developing thoughts and, and themes and, and stuff that's going on in wandavision we are at what episode four, I believe. By the time this airs, yeah, Apple's episode four, and it'll have been out a couple of days. I I will say this about Wandavision. Um, at first glimpse, and I'm not gonna spoil. I shouldn't. I, I don't believe I'm gonna spoil anything for you if you haven't seen Wandavision at all, and you're saving it up. Maybe you're gonna watch the full season. But uh, at first glimpse, with the first two episodes, they were cool. It was quirky, but for me, I'm like, man, they've got to evolve this. Like, this is fun and quirky, but we can't go the whole the whole season like this. And you can say, well, of course they're not. Well, all I'm saying is, first two episodes they were cool, crazy Easter eggs, crazy stuff going on. But the third, fourth episode, as the story unfolds, which I'm not I'm not ruining this for you because every season, every show, there's a story to be told that unfolds. As it unfolds, it gets a hell of a lot better. I enjoyed, I, I, I've enjoyed all of the episodes, don't get me wrong, but the, the last episode was great. It, it was a good episode. I don't want to ruin it for you, but it was what I needed as a viewer um, to, I wouldn't even say to keep my appeal, but to keep me glued, that to keep me wanting to come back and, and to be uh, re-engaged, I guess, with what's going on. So, Super enjoyable. I also watched The Little Things. I talked about this several times. The new Denzel Washington, Jared Leto uh, thriller drama that came out on HBO Max. In fact, it came out the same day as WandaVision. So I got off work late on Friday. We watched WandaVision. Stoked. Got super stoked on that. And then, bam, shortly later, I uh, had the opportunity to watch Little Things. Great movie. Uh, obviously not superhero related to, to any degree. Uh, but it, a great movie. It, it was good to see Denzel Washington act not as a badass, but as as a true character. Um, that was cool. Um, the the story was good. It was different. 
the cinematography was really cool. They did a lot of push and pulls in it uh, as far as the cinematography goes. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and it was just nice seeing a new movie, to tell you the truth. Great actors, good story. You know, I'm, I'm sold at this point. The last new movie I saw previous to that was Wonder Woman back on uh, Christmas. New, I'm uh, air quote, new movie. Um, obviously, we're getting new shows, but yeah, check it out. That's on HBO Max. All right, let's transition a little. I've been talking a lot. I'm going to run through kind of my thought process here on, on what I'm going to talk about. Uh, okay, so social icons. Now, this thought I I should have probably flushed out more, but a lot of things came to mind and I'll explain, I guess, that up front. So with recent events and, and certain things that have happened over the last several weeks and months, I started thinking, I started to get drawn back into kind of the 90s and, and also a scotch of the 80s and then obviously current in the world of big name celebrities, big name entertainers. And it, it made me start to think about things. Last week, I talked about Conor McGregor being the hype man. And the reason I brought that up uh, wasn't necessarily about his UFC fight because this isn't a, a, a fighting channel or, or whatever. But Conor McGregor's crowd, his celebrity, has exceeded those that are just fight fans. And the reason I say that is, well, he was he's been blasted on social media. He's been... Um, in the public eye outside of just fighting for years um, because of the way he hypes up fights, certain things, him and uh, Floyd Mayweather, which is boxing, different, slightly different crowd, um, who also, I mean, Floyd May Mayweather is also an incredible hype man who has a significant following outside of just being boxing fans. And both of them, one led to the other, and I'm like, man, this is kind of crazy to think about because the celebrity of these people, the social icon that they're becoming bleeds or or it either bleeds into or blends into the bigger celebrity because Conor McGregor, in my opinion, if he continues um, and maybe he comes back and, and reigns, I hope he comes back and uh, does does uh, some good for his career, but it's it's he is well on his way to becoming one of those one of those uh household names or one of those icons that is hard to dispute just like uh Floyd Mayweather Floyd Mayweather you may not be a boxing fan but more than likely at some point whether it was on a Google website a something on Instagram Facebook somewhere at some point in the last decade you had to have heard of Floyd Bunny Mayweather and Again, you may not be a boxing fan, but his celebrity precedes him and bleeds into because he's also got a crazy car collection. He also flashes money. He also is involved in all these other things, and those other things may have reached you. The same with Conor McGregor. And as I continued to think about it, I'm like, this is crazy to think about. Uh, I was watching, what was I watching? Or Yeah, I watched The Last Ride recently with Michael Jordan. And to understand the height that like Michael Jordan went to in the 80s and the 90s and, and to understand how relevant he is um, and became, he, he became so much bigger in, in the celebrity sense than just NBA 
that it's in it's just incredible i i think it's absolutely incredible um to to think that and then just start considering the relevancy on current date and the the driver for that it's so it's such an interesting story it is um michael jordan for instance if you haven't watched the last ride, an incredible docu-series. Again, you don't even necessarily have to be a football fan. But this guy, um, as I thought through this, I'm like, well, wait a second. Michael Jordan was huge well before the internet. And while some of these guys, like Conor McGregor, uh, uh, Floyd Bunny Mayweather, and others may have obviously uh, been significantly projected or grown from social media some of these guys some of these guys not so much so michael jordan's case as he's getting bigger you know he break he gets this deal with nike starts wearing the shoes blows up i mean shit he's still i i'm not sure of the arrangements but he still has the jordan shoe uh line and then of course all of the jordan attire from jerseys coats hoodies and everything else so um there's that part of jordan there's his epic undeniable goat status in the nba the guy also had racing teams motorcycle racing teams he's got crazy stuff he does in in the golf world um in everything else and it's like it is absolutely amazing to me as you start to consider that because it's like well wait a second you don't know you know you know this guy michael jordan damn near became if not he probably was a household name he was on wheaties boxes as kids he was on this and that and the interesting thing about like this and and again i'm going to go off into several different areas because uh that's just the way i guess part of my brain works um, but the other reason is because it, it's so crazy once you start kind of getting into the the minutiae or into the, the the depths of what the impacts of some of these things are here's an example so michael jordan non-basketball guy you'd probably know who he is so many different posters so many different just uh the publicity the marketing on on him and who he was in an era without the internet and of course now there is internet and and all of this other stuff but it's crazy to consider that um when you go on to that though you one would assume that hey michael jordan collectibles have to be worth a lot of money and they are okay now where this gets crazy and you guys may or may not know. I don't know how many times you guys have listened to the the uh, podcast here. I I collect some baseball cards. Not a huge collector. I've got some baseball cards, football cards. And I dive in and out of the hobby. And I have, shoot, almost my whole life. And I, I was watching some recent videos. And I was listening to some recent podcasts about cards, collectibilities, the eras and all of this stuff and i cannot recall which i believe it was a movie on youtube that i was watching or a video on youtube and and i cannot recall who whose it was because again i've been reading through this stuff for weeks and months and um but there was a really a really incredible article that the guy was reading and and in the video there and essentially what it was was look uh because as a kid i'm like hey this guy's car you know my first thought was some of these people's like hey i remember this guy in the 90s he was so big and you look at his card his card isn't worth shit 
no collectability. And one of the things that this guy was saying is relevancy is king for uh, memorabilia and for collectability on cards and this, that, and the other. And I was like, holy shit, think about that. Even though that this athlete was well above average, even though this athlete exceeded all odds and performed at the highest of highest levels, the value of his card is less because he's an unknown. He was not relevant. And there's a lot of those guys. Allen Iverson is another guy. Big for a few minutes and then starts to fade. Uh, another example are, are some of these other guys. And one of the things that helps their cards and helps their value is the Netflix specials, is the HBO specials, is all of these specials that we're seeing come out because then they become relevant again. Because if you were an athlete, 70s, 80s, 90s, and you didn't do crazy shit um, as far as either perform or anything noticeable, but you were an incredible player, you did incredible things, your, the value of your card may not be worth shit, but then Netflix comes around and does an incredible docu-series. Guess what? Your collectability just significantly increased to where there's only those few. in not, And it's not just sports. I'm going to dive into some examples of other guys here in a moment, too. I just wanted to bring up sports um, in, in my attempt to, I guess, make the conversation as relevant in, in how the importance of, and how the the social icon is such a crazy concept and thing. Um, anyways, those are some of the examples. Others could be, you know, you look at like Dave Chappelle, who was in a ton of movies before he made his big break into, into uh, mainstream comedy. And now he is referred to as the goat of comedy, as one of the, uh, biggest in the world, if not the biggest in the world, you know, but what the thing that people aren't talking about uh, and where this guy grew his audience wasn't just comedy. I mean, what about his role in Robin Hood Men in Tights, Half-Baked, Blue Streak, 200 Cigarettes, a movie called Screwed, Dave Chappelle's Block Party, Getting In, um, and, and several others. And of course, he had the Chappelle Show and, and a lot of others. And my point isn't about him like building this up. It is he stayed relevant. I mean, shit, he he flew to what South Africa and quit the Chappelle show. I didn't think anybody was ever going to hear back from him. It sucked at the time. It was like, fuck, there he goes. He's done uh, not knowing much about the situation or what he was doing. Years later, he comes back and has been killing it since. He will be. Uh, as long as he stays on track with what he's currently doing, become one of those social icons that's lasted decades. And that's Michael Jordan has lasted decades as being the, not only just the guy, but being able to grow or have his, uh, have, have his presence amongst several different areas, creating this celebrity that is just incredible. I I think it's incredible. And I think that um, as people and as the internet and as people get more curious about different things that we'll start to recognize these other people from different areas more and more and more and more. So Dave, Dave Chappelle's another example. So, uh, you know, I talked real briefly about Conor McGregor 
Floyd Bunny, uh, Floyd Mayweather. Um, I talked about Dave Chappelle. I talked about Michael Jordan. And there's so many. Elon Musk is another great example. There's an incredible movie or well, it is a movie. Well, I say movie. It's a. It, it was an episode from a TV show, like a news TV show, where they met Mr. Elon Musk in the '90s, um, as he was. And the name of the company is going to skip my mind at the moment. But essentially, he was on the team that was creating and and really founded the team that ended up merging with PayPal. They took the PayPal name but he was of a different online banking name. Anyways, long story short, that's kind of going on. The tech bubbles come in. All of this stuff's happening. He gets a freaking McLaren dropped off at his house, and he's like, yo, I'm just going to drive this car. There's like 6,000 or 2,000 of these cars made in the world. There, It's hundreds of thousands of dollars for this car, and he's just like, I'm just going to drive it daily. And, you know, there's, there's a bunch of reporter and interviewee questions, stuff not only about the car but about what he's doing, but, that made national news in the 90s. And then, of course, he, he air quote, disappears and then comes back. And again, of course, you know, he's running Tesla. He's got SpaceX. He's got the boring company. He's got all these crazy things going on. You know what he's also got? He also has a, a quasi uh, humongous celebrity appearance. The Joe Rogan smoking weed on Joe Rogan was a groundbreaking and almost a shuddering thing to see this tech guru, this tech giant, this guy that to, to do something like that online and the conversation incredible. It's one of my favorite Joe Rogan episodes to tell you the truth that there's a couple others, but that one really stood out to me. Um, But it shows his status his, his, the icon that he has evolved into. Um, and, And I find it to be extremely extremely interesting but again you may not know shit about spacex you may not know nothing about tesla but more than likely you've heard of elon musk whether it's from um some of his antics that he's pulled building a flamethrower tunneling in in los angeles or most recently he made the uh comment about the game stock or game stock the game stop uh surge uh, for the uh, stocks and whatnot, and then it surged 40%. And then, of course, there's the Reddit war with uh, the hedge funds. And now um, Dustin glazed over that. There's a bunch of incredible videos on YouTube if you really want to dive into it that go knee-deep into both sides to include, like, Linus Tech Tips did a really good analysis of what was happening. CNET has several. There's There's a shitload of content if you're interested in what's going on on the Wall Street side of things. But the crazy part is a guy like Elon Musk tweets it out. It increases by 40%. Um, The stock does, of course. I don't know what the outcome, if it's a bloated stock and then it's just going to crash. That's what everybody's kind of waiting for. The U.S. government is investigating that at this time, and, and rightfully so, some crazy stuff because it's being referred to as a Ponzi scheme. It's being referred to as a lot of craziness in that world. My point isn't the GameStop stuff, even though it's relevant to what Dustin was talking about. And really, it's relevant because it's in the news right now and it's pretty wild. But is to have the ability to jump in and give, you know, say his little piece, which wasn't much, and to impact 
uh, because his following is so big. And it, that's that's what's so crazy to me is that evolution to where in the 90s, in the you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, that's the thing is uh, to where now you can have the audience and you can record yourself. Technology has given us the power or ability to do a podcast, to do a video, to do this, to do this. And if you're damn good at what you do and you're recognized as that or you uh, create a following and continue to build it, it's incredible what what it can be used for. Um, it can also be, you know, it, it can also probably end your career or or end what you want to do as well. Let me keep going on this list because there's a couple of the guys I want to talk about. So we've gone through. Let's see. Let's see who else. You know, another good example is like Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's a good example. He was a UFC commentator, started a podcast, had a lot of fighters on, and then he started getting doctors and those, and, and arguably one of the most successful podcasts of all time. Joe Rogan really got his break, in my opinion, news radio, TV show, did the Fear Factor TV show, and then, you know, was doing what doing what Joe wanted to do um, and grew an incredible audience, has an incredible social uh, social group because he interacts with a lot of different genres of entertainment to include uh, he's got several videos of him hunting with friends and those friends are have huge audiences so even if you didn't know who Joe Rogan was then you're watching him hunt elk in the mountains blah 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 more than likely you may say hey who's that Joe guy obviously enhancing his his icon and um it doesn't always work. I mean, we've got several examples of guys that just don't make it. Like I said about the collectible cards, you may have been a good player. You may have been one of the best players. Um, but un- unfortunately, you're not recognized that. You're not relevant in this time. And it's not It's not negative. It's just the reality of the situation. It's happened to several actors to where, uh, you know, you start doing shitty movies. That reputation builds. You're going to take a nosedive. If you're a fighter, you start losing fights. And you're you're not a character. You're not you, you don't cultivate that following. The following can't save you if you're just doing fights. There's no behind the scenes footage or whatever it is that you're trying to uh, appeal that greater audience to. And that's that's the other the complete other side. It goes the same for comedy. You know, even if even if you want to make that pivot, you still have to engage with whatever audience it is you build and keep them curious, keep them coming back so you can pivot. Because when you start getting to some of these statuses, it's insanity to me. Um, you know, you take YouTubers like Jake and Logan Paul. Uh, Jake Paul has been haranguing Conor McGregor for a fight, and he's doing all this crazy sh- shenanigans to try to get a rise out of him and all this. Why? Uh, well, I think it's all PR, and I'm sure that's what it is. Keeps going after it. Meanwhile, older brother Logan Paul recently, I believe it's 100% now, I could be wrong, Logan Paul wants to fight Floyd Mayweather. Again, crossing these these groups over, um, and I think that's a big PR stint, but it's going to sell tickets, it's going to get people interested, people are going to learn about both sides of the fence. If you didn't know who Floyd was, you're going to look him up. If you don't know who Logan is, you're going to look him up. And it's just this crazy uh, conglomeration of celebrity to where it's you're no longer a one lane kind of person i think that's that's kind of my conclusion 
of what is creating the longevity for some of these people. Another person's Mike Tyson, heavyweight champion of the world, arguably one of one of the greatest knockout artists in boxing history, gets in some trouble, does some dumb shit, comes back to boxing, starts to beat rebuild, bites Evander's ear, all this crazy shit, tattoos his face, da 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 uh, has a bunch of issues, personal issues, um, all this comes back. He now has an incredible podcast, Hot Boxing. He has, he's doing public speaks. He's been featured in movies. He's been featured on several different podcasts, TV shows, and he's starting to rebuild. His relevancy went away. I mean, it really did. And then it's starting to regrow. Um, and the cool thing about his, in his case, he is retelling his stories and then learning others. So I think that's that's really cool because, I mean, shit, for the most part, Mike Tyson could have just did nothing and, and did whatever Mike wanted to do completely out of the limelight. He would have still been recognized as the boxing uh, phenomenon he was, but not into the celebrity or into the social. Uh, I guess maybe that's, for clarity's sake, the social icon to me is you're hitting on um, different avenues within the entertainment world or in that celebrity world to where you're known, you may be known as a boxer, but you're also known for this other thing and this other thing and this other thing. And that seems to be kind of a relevant uh, uh, item that that is with all of those guys. So Mike Tyson's another, another one that stands out to me. The Rock's another one. I mean, look at that guy. If you've watched anything on The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, you know, he had a hard, a hard beginning. Uh, it got better with WWE. But if he would have stayed in WWE, he would not be to the celebrity that he is today. He wouldn't be the social icon, the the guy that people uh, want to meet, the guy that has touched millions of people um, from messaging and, and arguably has probably one of the strongest uh audiences out there and it's incredible i mean and the guy's still going strong and he doesn't make and he's a perfect example of it uh not to downplay anything about the rock whatsoever i th- i have watched every rock movie i'll continue watching them but he hasn't always produced great great movies skyscraper huh? Ray, uh, rampage huh? scorpion king huh? but his audience his ability to uh his ability to interact, obviously, he works out a lot, so he's got that audience. He's got Terramana Tequila, that audience. He did uh, the the Disney stuff. He's got some of that audience. He's a nice fucking guy. He's super charismatic. He puts out a shitload of content, good content. Um, he's got, it's just incredible. You know, Ryan, Re- Ryan Reynolds is another one. Uh Jay Leno's one. Jay Leno's one where he did the he did comedy for a long time, did the Tonight Show, left the Tonight Show. I thought that was it for Jay. And then pleasantly surprised enough, Jay Leno's garage doing what he loves. So he's created a legacy. He's shown that, hey, I can do more than just this one lane. And maybe that's maybe that's my my uh drawing conclusion to this. But I thought it was an interesting topic. I also thought it was fun to kind of think and, and walk through. So like Jesus, man, like. Michael Jordan, the dude's a, it's just crazy to think that. It's crazy to think The Rock or Ryan Reynolds or, and and there's so many others, Leonardo DiCaprio, who's been relevant for fuck 30 years or however long. And and this guy and that guy. Um, And and to see them 
I guess, uh, depending on which one or or who you may specifically be thinking about or or wanting to uh, look into, it's like when you start diving into what these folks have done in their transitions, it's an amazing an amazing thing. And for the most part, it's ever changing. They have to stay with the times. And while this is only a few examples, I just wanted to bring this up uh, because of the stuff I talked about earlier, but also because... Um, and I want to cover this in a future episode. I was watching uh, Joe Rogan on Spotify with The Undertaker. And that's that's one of the things that really uh, kind of got this going for me as far as wanting to talk about this. And again, I apologize for being kind of all over the place here. I just wanted to talk through it. I think it's it, it's interesting. And I'm, I'm excited to see who's to come. Who's these next waves of... Uh, this ultra celebrity or social icons or, or whatever. And again, it doesn't, it's not exclusive to, I used to think, and maybe it was exclusive to your, whatever arena you were in. And obviously entertainment celebrity uh, actors, actresses, musicians, they always had so much limelight, but now we're seeing tech guys like Elon Musk coming into this world. We're seeing boxers, UFC guys. We're seeing so many different people. It's, it's, I, I think it's amazing. Um, anyways, I watched the Undertaker episode with Joe Rogan. So the Undertaker, Mark uh, Calloway. I remember as a kid, I watched w- WWF for a while, and I thought it was so amazing. And as I listened to uh, Mark, to, you know, essentially talk his story to Joe, I'm like, this is crazy to think. This guy was in the business for 30 years. He debuted in like 90 I think. And he tells how he got there. And then it's like, I remember watching this dude in the early nineties. That's when I watched wrestling. I didn't know shit about it. I just thought it was cool. Cause it was kind of this, you got these bigger than life characters. They're all fucking huge. I was a little kid and I was like, they're going to beat each other up and so forth and so on. But as he tells his story and the good and the bad, it, it's just crazy. Like, fuck, this guy did that for 30 years and he is he, even if you're not a wrestling fan and you say hey man you ever hear of the undertaker more than likely you've heard of him maybe seen an image of him but it's just so crazy to me to think about it because again i only highlighted a handful of people in today's episode um and i'm excited i am genuinely excited as I wrap that episode of Joe Rogan and uh, The Undertaker, I'm like, man, that's just amazing. It's amazing that he's doing that. And it's amazing that he's getting out and he's he's doing interviews and he's talking to people, telling his story. Um, and I hope he's got, you know, future stuff in front of him to where maybe he does like an Undertaker shirt line or something or maybe works with like Zero Foxtrot or one of these other companies or or something. I don't know. I don't know, but I do, I would love to see more from him and so many other people, but the longevity part is the exciting part because like Dave Chappelle is a good example to where if you followed Dave Chappelle from the beginning with those movies that I, you know, from the Half-Baked, the Blue Streaked and all of those, and then you transition him into uh, the Chappelle show and then you transition him again or pivot him into his uh, latest specials, it's absolutely amazing to see this artist uh, to stay relevant, of course, but to also change with the times, recreate and create incredible content. And it's the same for all of these folks uh, that I mentioned here, whether it is Mike Tyson, whether it is Conor McGregor, whether it is Floyd Bunny Mayweather, 
or The Rock or Ryan Reynolds. It's just, it's awesome. I could sit here and blabber on for hours um, about that, Uh, but I enjoy it. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. I tried to change it up a little bit. Um, You'll notice that over the last several Monday Madnesses, that's really been intentional. I wanted to uh, talk and kind of dive into some different stuff. I felt like I was uh, getting into a point of like repeating repeating uh, news and repeating content. So I've got several topics, some like this, some uh, more more focused, and uh, that's it. Let's just wrap it up there. I know a lot of talking in this episode. It was a long-ass episode, too. That's it, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Monday Madness. I'm your host, Anthony. This is the Culture Jack Podcast. Of course, have an incredible week. And make sure to catch the Friday show this Friday with Dustin. And we will talk to you guys next Monday.